This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, March 18th, 2022. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, a special program on the election of a new Director General of the International Labour Organization. Plus, the Labour Start report about union events and singing. Come on now, people, let's get on the board, let's work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. This is Radio Labour. The international labour movement has endorsed Gilbert Humbo, a former Prime Minister of Togo, as the next Director General of the International Labour Organization. The ILO is the UN specialised agency focused on matters of work in the world. It sets international labour standards on issues such as minimum wages and workplace equality. Togo is a West African country of 8 million. Its official language is French, but most of the country's people speak their native African languages. Mr. Humble was endorsed by the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trades Union Congress and the AFL-CIO in the United States. It strongly supports the ILO. In an all-candidates online session, Mr. Hungbo laid out the plans he would like to implement if he were elected the ILO's 11th Director General. He mentions the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. The SDGs include a call for decent work. Sixty years ago, when Martin Luther King was uh, delivering his famous speech, I Have a Dream, I was a toddler in rural Togo where I experienced the hardship, the the frustration and the poverty and social divide. Fast forward 10 years ago here as Deputy Director General in ILO, when I was leading the, the mission in Bangladesh, standing there before the, the ruin of Rana Plaza, I realized that decent work remained a big dream for millions of workers, not only in Bangladesh, but in the whole world. Since then, my resolve for better social justice has never left me. And this is what is bringing me here today. I see ILO at the nexus of the three major sustainable development streams. On the economic front, we know that today, from the scientific and the technological progress we are making, a lot of economic opportunities are there. Multiplication of trade agreements, constant improvement of productivity, all of that leading to much more economic growth, much more wealth accumulation, yet without necessarily more and better jobs. Issue number one. On the environmental perspective, since Paris Agreement up to Glasgow recently, we know the world has come with a lot of uh, action and commitment. Yet, we also know that the world can do and should do more because at the center of the sustainability, at the center of climate change, we have people. Issue number two. On the social dimension, COVID is reminding us what the SDG processes as well as the, the future of work has already put on the table. The growing concern of uh, vulnerabilities, the demographic transformation, increasing uh, inequalities, 10% of the world population capturing 76% of world wealth. 
multiplication of deglobalization movement in the uh, in the world even before COVID. Issue number three. When you take a step back and look at all those um, three uh, big issues, ladies and gentlemen, I remain convinced that together we, the world, we, the people, can bring those three streams together in harmony and ensure that they can evolve in the right direction simultaneously. That call for a new global social contract. And ILO is very well placed to play a big role in this new ambition. That's the vision, that's the ambition I have for this institution. And if elected, I want to make sure that we reform, we modernize the institution as well as its body of standard, as well as its um, control mechanism. A really second point is to really redynamize, contribute to redynamize the multilateral, which is desperately needed in today's environment, so that the social protection and social justice will be at the center of the national uh, international policy making, the development cooperation, the financial and trade agreement. So the, the social justice should not be an option, but a must have. Thirdly, I want to initiate a program on the whole supply chain, as well as have an initiative on the universal social protection. Fifth, we have to continue focusing on groups that are vulnerable, such as the informal sector, the child labor, the forced labor, the youth employment, the gender, women and girls, and workers that are at risk of losing their job in the climate change transition. At the sixth point, we need to have a special initiative for ILO to do much more in the just transition, including the idea of conceiving an insurance that will cover the job loss in the just transition. The unions at the ILO are collectively known as the Workers' Group. 33 of its members are elected to the governing body of the organization. The GB, as it is known, makes decisions between the ILO's annual conferences and appoints the Director General. The head of the Workers' Group is Kathleen Pasquier from the Netherlands. She posed a number of questions to Mr. Hungbo, including... In your vision statement, Mr. Umbo, you propose the foundation of a global coalition for social justice. Can you explain how this would help to ensure that social justice is prioritized not only by the ILO, but also by other organizations in the multilateral system? Thank you so much. As I mentioned in my opening remarks, it's important for us to work with the IFI, with the World Trade Organizations, and also with the climate-related organizations, because ILO cannot do it alone. And also the G20 and the G7 uh, comes to to my mind, and the regional groupings. We have to ensure that any agreement or any understanding on the way forward. That's what I was giving the example of the SDR, the the special drawing right, to ensure that is a requirement that part of it is addressing the inequalities or all the needed for social justice. Another dimension where we also need to work together is because the big elephant in the room in this universal social protection will be the, the financing, which is key for social justice. There are five candidates nominated by their governments for the position of Director General of the International Labor Organization. They are Mr. Hugbo from Togo and one person from each of South Korea, France, South Africa, and Australia.
Candidate biographies can be found on the ILO website at ILO.org. The ILO will elect its new Director General at its Governing Body Conference on March 25, 2022. The outgoing Director General of the ILO is Guy Ryder, a former General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress in the UK. First elected in 2012, Mr. Ryder is the first unionist to hold the position in the organization's 101-year history. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top stories section included links to coverage of the release of eight of the 11 imprisoned casino workers union leaders in Cambodia. That good news was counterbalanced by the company's creation with the collusion of the Ministry of Labor of a yellow union for the purpose of ending the walkout. We'll continue to watch this story as it seems unlikely that the 1,000 workers currently on strike will suddenly change their allegiance. We also carried several stories about demands from International Trade Union Confederation affiliates that it expel one of the Russian trade union centers after it issued a statement supporting the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This too looks to be just the start of an important story rather than its ending, and so we'll be collecting more coverage as it becomes available. And this week, we carried news of a national teachers' strike in Sudan. This walkout is just the latest in a long series of actions as unions there continue to pressure the military dictatorship to step aside. But my favorite top story this week was from Greece, where several media workers' unions collected medical supplies for their comrades in Ukraine and delivered them personally. We also carried news from Israel, where the government has run out of passports as a result of a job action by foreign ministry workers, and from Haiti, where healthcare workers held a one-day national strike to protest workplace violence, including the kidnappings of their co-workers. And this week, our volunteers continued to track workplace protests by Disney World workers in the United States in response to their employers' involvement in anti-LGBTQ legislation in the state of Florida. One story that has had a long, perhaps too long, life in our news pages is the ways in which employers around the world are attempting to profit as a result of the pandemic. This week alone, we tracked more than a dozen efforts by workers around the world to return to their work on the same terms that they had prior to the pandemic. In most cases, employers who were resistant were also employers who had racked up increased profits as a result of the pandemic and also as a result of the industrial supports offered to them by many governments. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found reports making clear just how much harder the pandemic has hit women workers in all sectors in comparison with its impact on men. The surge in organizing by domestic workers in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and the latest on the Building Workers International's campaign to increase the number of women in the building trades globally. A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes the death of a domestic worker in South Africa and what that worker's life and death reveals about the working conditions that are far too common for thousands of his comrades in that country. 
We also had coverage of yet more deaths of media workers in Ukraine, how and why the pandemic and government cuts have affected child protection workers in Australia, and the deaths of 14 workers in a coal mine disaster in China. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the singing group, The Workers, with Let's Work Together. Together we'll stand, divided we'll fall. Work Together was produced by the British TUC. And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.